so good. We um, said that we we're going to call this Sunday Thanksgiving Sunday, thanking God for the, His goodness towards each one of us. Uh, you know, you've only got to look around this place, and uh, those that have been with us for a long time know the journey that has taken us to get to where we are now. And, uh, you know, I joined this church back in 1995 with Sharon. We had two kids then, didn't we? Yeah, two kids. And, uh, you know, it's just so, and one on the way, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. One? Oh, okay, whatever. I can't remember. We had, they turned up eventually anyway. And, uh, <laughs> but it was a great time and uh, exciting. It's exciting what God does from, you know, starting with a group, a group started in a living room uh, some back in 94, I think it was, and uh, just praying and believing that God's going to do something. And from there, moved to a school, I believe, and then uh, to a community hall up at Greenwith. That's where we joined in. And it soon flourished and grew. And uh, we were in a, a position of, we need something bigger. We need something bigger because the community hall was pretty small. And uh, God brought us to this place. Now, when you first came into this place, it was like, oh my goodness, this is huge. Because remember, it used to be indoor cricket and volleyball, and there's no walls, no ceilings. It was just a massive place. In fact, we used to have a roller door on the side here, and I used to drive a car in here uh, when we first started fixing up, painting it, and things like that. It was quite amusing. And we used that roller door for many years for fun events. Uh, we used to do our notices. We used to have a night service, and the young ones were very much involved. And uh, we used to have the roller door come up, and a car would drive in. And you have you ever seen Charlie's Angels? We do the notices, pretend there's a theme from Charlie's Angels, like, hey, Charlie, what's on tonight? You know, and uh, crazy stuff like this. We've had a motorbike down here for a women's fashion parade, everything. So we've, we've had a fun time because church should be fun. You know, it's so sad when there's no life in the church. And uh, we're just so thankful for God that, uh, you know, he's just led us this place and uh, funded it and it keeps on going. I don't know what tomorrow holds. It's just... It's just long for the ride, and, and you guys are on the bus. We're all traveling together, and where God has taken us. I get excited at all the little events we do. We've got the, the uh, children's conference coming up, and that, that's always just a crazy time. And uh, I always go, when is it? You know, because whenever my daughter says, oh, we've got children's conference, that means it's work for me. Because <laughs> they come up with all the great ideas, and then they go, can you build this, Dad? <laughs> And they said this year, we want to build a rocket, if that's all right. And I said, yeah, sure, yeah, rocket. You know, I'm already picturing the other size. He goes, oh, it's got to be a rocket you can climb inside. Uh, okay, all right, so let me think about this one. <laughs> and uh, so I did, and I'm looking online. At, I think I need something big, pipes or something. It would be easier to do rather than try to construct something. So I'm looking at this place, and I found a, a place over at Regency Park that has they build pipes, massive pipes, water pipes, gas pipes, all sorts of stuff. And they had one that I could make my rocket out of. <laughs> I saw them online, so I remember going into the, the business and there's a lady at the counter says, uh, G'day, sir, can I help you at all? And I said, yes, I've come to buy a rocket. <laughs> she said, pardon me? I said, oh, I'm building a rocket. I should explain. And she goes, okay, I know that sounds unusual. <laughs> and she says, no, don't worry, we've had some unusual requests. And uh, so to cut a long story short, um, they did a deal with one of the old, uh, play, uh, pieces they had out the back because some of this stuff is very expensive and uh, the guy says to me make me an offer and I go oh, I don't know I don't want to rip you off I said I don't know what these things are worth 
even though I had seen some prices of $500, $800 for some of the size that we had. I said, no, no, I want to be fair to you, mate. I said, look, what? He goes, no, no, no. If I told you what it's worth, you, you, well, I won't tell you the words he used. <laughs> but he said, you wouldn't get it. Anyway, that's translated, you wouldn't want it. Uh, and I said, he goes, go on, make it an offer. And I $80? He goes, yours. <laughs> Favour of God. And, and I thought that was great. Now I've just got to build the thing, but <laughs> that's another thing. But that's little things like that along the way has just been incredible how God has uh, done those things uh, in this house because you just cannot plan. If we went back to 1995 and go, how is God ever going to do this? Because God will give you a vision for something bigger than what you're currently in because it requires faith to get there. And that's the place where God wants us. And when we, we step back and we look sometimes, we go, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the exciting part with God. God loves to excite you, you know, like going, hey, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do next. And you're not going to believe this. And I believe this is part of the journey we're already on, is God's going to do something. And you're going to go, I, don't, I can't believe that. That's going to happen. You know, a year and a half ago, God spoke to me about a change that was happening in this church. And, uh, and, uh, and he said, look, it's time for a new name. And, and I went, a new name? What's wrong with the name we got? You know, it's been established for a while and all that. He said, no, it's something that identifies who you are and what your church is all about. And, and I went, wow. And, and, gave, and I got a few examples I felt he can give me from the Bible, Abram to Abraham and all these changes of names. They're significant. They mean things. So I didn't want to just grab any name. I had a feeling of a sense. You know when you, you, you know and you know, you sort of got this kind of feel for something, but you just can't articulate it. You can't put it into a word. And I'm like that. I get lots of that sort of things. So I make up words, but uh, I knew that wouldn't work. For, and my wife would pick me up straight away being learning uh, to be a school teacher years ago. She's very good on the English. I'm not. As you'll learn, I make words up. Um, but the thing is, I want to capture who we were and whatever. And so I threw it out to the leaders at the time. And some of you may have heard this, you know, our leaders all came back. I said, look, I don't want you talking about it. I just want you to pray about it and come back to me if you have a name come to you because I don't want it to be something weird that I've made up or something. And um, we had five different people come back, all with the same name, Freedom Church. And I said, I like this. I like this for freedom. Christ set us free. And that's what we we're here for. You know, through this three years that we've traveled, uh, particularly these difficult times, we stood for that freedom. We've not required anybody to do anything they feel uncomfortable with through all the mandate stuff and all that. And um, we've stood our ground and said, no, Jesus has given us freedom to be who we are, to stand for what is true, what is right. And we could continue on that journey. You know, over the years, we've seen many things in our journey. Like I said, there's been a step-by-step process as we've come together. We've seen lives transformed in that time. Thousands of people, uh, you know, and I'm not saying this like, you know, you go to, I've been in meetings where people go, oh, thousands of people come to Christ and here and all this. And you go, was it really thousands? You know, like we've had literally had over thousands in this church and our missions overseas combined come to Christ through this ministry of this church. And uh, I know because we had the stats for that. And I thank God for that, for those lives that have been transformed, those lives have been changed. We've seen people change. The greatest thing for me is to see somebody come in here, never heard the word Jesus, and within a short time, they give a life to Jesus and they're a changed person and they're going on full on for God. 
I've seen it many times over, over the years, and that's why I want to continue to see as your life being changed and being transformed by Jesus. But we have everything to thank God for because this is all His doing, not ours. I always say to God, I'm just your spokesperson. I'm your mouthpiece. You know, just use me. I said, that's, that's what I am. I'm just a foghorn. And uh, uh, whatever you want to say through me, say through me. And I don't care what it is because, uh, uh, I don't know, perhaps I'm a bit eccentric. I don't really care. Don't laugh, Sonia. <laughs> uh, I don't really care what people think in the sense like that. If, if God says it, I'm going to say it. And I'm going to tell you the truth even if you don't like it. So uh, I'll just let you know that. Some people go, oh, you can't say that in church. You offend people. People may leave. Well, I'll, say, well, I'll tell you what the truth is. If the Bible tells me it, I'm going to say it. So that's it. Psalm 104 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his holy name. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concern you. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks for all things to God, the Father in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what we are doing today. We are thanking God in all circumstances for everything, everything that's taken place in, in, in the lives of this congregation and the lives of you individually and what he has done here. I mean, look, who can imagine we'd have this building like 20 odd years ago, it was valued at, uh, with the cafe, about $1 million. Now, a million dollars these days is not so much, but a million dollars anytime is a lot. <laughs> and uh, we had no money. We didn't have a million dollars. But God made a way where there seemed to be no way. He made a way. And uh, we were able to take on this building. Many people have heard the story before. Uh, the people that own the building actually lent us the money. <laughs> so we didn't have to go to a bank and we just paid them back. In fact, the first year, they said, if you change your mind at the end of the year, everything you paid, uh, sorry, if you just decide to keep the building at the end of the year, everything you paid will come off the total. So it would have been like free rent, which it was. It was just incredible. But I want to acknowledge that the people that have been on the journey with us and all the hard work and hard effort uh, in putting this thing together because, uh, you know, we didn't have like the luxury of uh, millions of dollars to play with and, and tradesmen coming in. This is basically built by people in this church, the walls included. We put the walls up, we painted it and did all this stuff. Everything was done and attributed by these people. People can't believe this. When I uh, was talking to that guy about buying that pipe off him, I said, it's for a church. And he goes, oh, oh you guys got lots of money. <laughs> I joked, I said, no, we're not the Catholic church. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I said, look, everything in our in our place is paid by the people. I said, not one dollar has come from the government or any other institution whatsoever. So God has been good to us and uh, great in that, that sense. We have made a great impact worldwide as well. From the early days when we were only a small group, we were supporting a church that started in Amsterdam, of all places. We were funding them in the very early days. Uh, and then we started our mission journey and going out and... Uh, uh, first trip was to India, wasn't it? Leanne was there. And uh, Leanne's been, actually, you've been the most missions out of anyone in this church, I think, as in places. Uh, Leanne went to, and was it? Oh, Sharona, too. Sharona, that's right. Sharona, I've forgotten who went there because I wasn't on that trip. Um, we went off to India a couple of times and uh, had some great impact there. Some of the guys would tell you the stories there. Uh, we went to Papua New Guinea. We uh, spent four days in Papua New Guinea. Once again, Leanne was there and Steve and uh, 
we had some interesting times there, but we were able to reach people and uh, see people's lives transformed. I even had a little stint in Singapore, and uh, that was interesting. That was my first time I ever spoke with an interpreter, and uh, that's a weird experience, I'm telling you. Like, they spoke Mandarin, uh, you know, Chinese, and uh, I, I still remember, like, trying to get this whole deal, how you work with an interpreter. And I remember just uh, starting off, and I said, hey, it's great to be here today. And I wait for the translation. Sorry for your chat. That's just my, how it sounded anyway. And, uh, uh, and he, he says something. And then I'm going, oh, it's my turn. And, uh, and I said, you guys are awesome. And this guy goes, Toya, awesome. And he tells me, Pastor, what does awesome mean? <laughs> so I had to explain all that. And but you started to get this feel for things, but it was really weird in the same sense because it was very much, uh, I would say sometimes a little, you know, great to be here. And he would go on, I go, I didn't say all that. <laughs> Not that I know what he was saying. And then other times I'd say a lot and he'd say a little bit. And I go, you missed the point. You know, <laughs> I just, <laughs> interesting. But anyway, we had an impact in Singapore, Malaysia. I went up to Malaysia. Uh, that was a, a crazy time, you know, for the, just being dropped off at different people's houses in Malaysia. I slept on the floor. That was very weird for me because I've never slept on the floor, like on the floor and the pastor of the church up there on the floor. <laughs> I was not feeling comfortable. <laughs> it's all good, but it was just, just felt weird, you know. And, uh, uh, and we had a great time there in Malaysia. We saw people set free. I went to one house. The woman... The pastor said, you got to come see this lady. This, this lady's like, uh, it's been crazy stuff, demonic stuff happening in her house. And, and we knocked on this door and I'm going, what am I getting myself in for? Because I'm in this high-rise block of units in a kind of slum area and, and, and you, know, you just don't know what to expect. And this lady answers the door. She's looking really downtrodden. She's got all these cuts all over her. She's been cutting herself with a knife and all this. And um, she says, pastor, I want you to pray for her. And I... Uh, and I go, oh, okay, <laughs> this is a big one. And uh, he says, okay, she's, 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 you'll be fine. I, I prayed for her, I set her free the other day. She said it got so bad, the demonic activity in this house, she said her bed was jumping off the ground and moving up and down like this, and she was suicidal. I got this phone call, raced over there, and we cast out a few devils. But I just want you to just pray a blessing on her. And I went, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've seen some incredible things, but that's all because of the support of this church, because I had no money even to go. I, I didn't have a cent in my pocket when I was sent on that trip. Somebody funded it, and I still don't know who that was today. But then, of course, God led us to Myanmar, and we got a friend here from, yeah, well, yeah, there is. <laughs> Ta Tuong. Uh, did I say that right? I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. Ta Tuong. And, uh, and, of course, Mong P and Millie, who are waiting for the arrival of their baby, which is really exciting. Uh, I've been singing to her all week long. It's the final countdown. To landing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she's been excited. And, um, and uh, she said, I just want this baby to come. And I said, well, you do realize it's, excuse me, Burmese. And sometimes they, they have a practice being very late. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we had a bit of fun, but uh, we're hoping to hear some good news very soon. But the impact in this church has been incredible over time. Like I said, the missions in Myanmar, uh, as 
we've been over there seven times now and uh, we're supporting them financially. We get words from them because it's not a good time in Myanmar. It's still rough. I mean, you know, I had one pastor show me a picture of his window. They got shot by uh, a bullet came through from some uh, some army uh, thing that was going on there and uh, and they had a, one of the past friends of mine came down to Adelaide and he had to basically escape his own township past all these barriers and things and and I said, how the heck are you going to get back in? He said, I'll find a way. And um, so it's, 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 it's very, um, very scary place at the moment. But these guys are faithful and they know God is with them. And, and uh, so we've given them hope. And this church has been sponsoring them every month with finances because they've got no money. Uh, in lots of places, they haven't even got power at the moment. So uh, thank you, church, for supporting that. That's C3 Yangon. Um, of course, at home, we've been able to engage with uh, Streetlight, uh, which is ministering to children on the streets up in Elizabeth. They've got several places. I think there's one down south now, south, yeah, and so forth. And a lot of our teams have been involved with that. And it's been an awesome uh, journey in doing that and seeing lives transformed because that's what we're all about, seeing the life of people transformed. We've always stood for what is right. I said to someone in the meeting this week, I said, it's very simple. We stand for the things that God loves and we stand against those the things that God hates. That's it. Whatever that looks like, we're going to stand for it. And, of course, we saw earlier we stood for the Walk for Lives, uh, and uh, we also have sponsored Genesis Pregnancy, who help ladies that have gone through abortion and help them find homes and, and situations like that. So it's all good. And also ACL. So we found that we don't always have the ability to do everything, right? Because, you know, I, I heard of one church, the pastor was doing 100 40 different ministries, 140, and the, the church was falling apart because he didn't have time for his own congregation because he was so busy out there doing everything. But what I found is what we can do is support others that are doing the good journey, and that's what we have done over time as well. We've supported many missions that we see not connected directly to this church, but they're doing the work of God, and we want to support that. And that's where that's why I don't, I'm not, never ashamed for raising money for these sort of causes because it's building the kingdom of God. And that's where our, our walk needs to continue. You know, we're doing a series on faith and, you know, faith and works together. You know, we can't just be a church that just believes God and, and we don't do anything. We just come here on a Sunday. The community has no idea we're even here because we, we don't reach out to them. We don't help anybody because unfortunately this church is like that. You know, I know churches like that, unfortunately, and I'm sad to say that, that it's just a happy, clappy club. They come together on a Sunday, praise God, and they go home and they do nothing. You know, we know because we've engaged with churches trying to help get some bigger support and they go, oh, no, we're not interested. Sorry, we're, we're fine. Uh, okay, well, what about others? And, uh, and, and our culture is to help others. Our, our, our whole culture here is to serve one another. You know, like... Um, when people come into this house, you know, the first engagement when they want to help is serving on a team somewhere. And we, we've always made that one of our key values because we want to see how, where your heart is. You know, I've had people coming in. I was just saying this morning to uh, Helen, I was just saying, I was, you know, I, I'm astounded by some people that come in and just looking for a platform. We've had that. I had one guy come in and said to me, uh, I said to him, first of all, hey, welcome to our church. You know, great to have you here this morning. And he goes, yeah. And I said, oh, so what brings you here? He goes, oh, I'm just looking for a church that needs my talent. And I said, oh, really? Oh, well, I hope you find it. And, um, you know, but I've had all sorts. I have one guy 
first week. I can preach for you next week. That's what he told me. I don't know who the heck you are. I wouldn't trust you with anything. Uh, so, you know, you get some in- interesting things, but our culture has been to serve, and we've got some great serving hearts in this church, and that's where we can continue to grow and uh, do the groundwork. You know, Sharon and I hopefully, hopefully have modelled that to you. Um, I once said, not, not bragging or anything, but I said, I've, I've done every ministry in this church except for women's ministry, but uh, <laughs> Sharon wouldn't let me get involved there. But, <laughs> but it was all fun, uh, even though I had done the props and things. Uh, the girls would know from the days of doing their fashion praise, I was always making a catwalk and things like this. And uh, me being me, uh, leaving things the last minute, Sharon would get like, come on, you know, it's this Saturday. Yeah, plenty of time. I'll make one up. No, whereas five minutes, I will say five minutes for everything. Oh, I take five minutes. And, and then I found some board out there and I quickly painted it and uh, it, <laughs> it was not the best bonding. So as the girls are walking on, they're scratching it. You see all these marks out there. <laughs> And then poor Sonia had to sit on some uh, garden uh, seat and table we had. It was one of those fancy looking ones I painted. I think it was you or someone. And I only just got it and I was worried that it was not going to be dry enough. And they you know, I just told them, I think it'd be okay because <laughs> they're all dressed up in the parade you know, to sit down on this thing. And I'm going, oh, I can imagine walking around under a big white patch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's, that's the extent of my um, women's Oh, no, actually, I, I did a dance thing, did I? I did Michael Jackson, a, a moonwalk. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we had lots of fun in doing those things. And as a church, we want to have fun as we grow, but we know we're on a mission. Together we got to align. Together we got to move forward. Together there are lives to be saved. There are people's hearts to be changed. And together we can do that. And it's important that we work from a place of faith and work together. And I'm going to just read this morning from... Uh, James chapter 2 verse 14 through to 20, which talks about this whole issue of faith and work together. James chapter 2 verse 14, My brothers, what profit is it if a man says he has faith and does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and if one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them these things which are needful for the body, What good is it? Even so, if it does not have works, faith is dead, being by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith from my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons tremble, I believe in tremble. But will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. For your word is all truth. And this morning, God, as we look into your word, I pray, God, you'll speak to us all out of that. God, you encourage us, inspire us, empower us to fulfill the gospel call. Father, we thank you for your word, for the truth that it brings to us and the corruption. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What a great verse here, understanding the whole thing of faith and works. As I said, many people have come through this church with all the words of faith, but I've never seen the works. And I go, well, that doesn't really mean anything. You can say whatever you like if you're not willing to. It's like saying the saying, put your money, uh, put your money where your mouth is. You know, we want to see some signs of what you're saying. As a new Christian, there was many stories that impacted me on seeing that faith in action. And I've shared this story before, but I just love this one of Jackie Pullinger. Jackie Pullinger at the age of 20 got a call 
like just in a prayer time, God said to her, go. And Jackie is going, go. Okay, God, you want me to go? I'll go. Where do I go? <laughs> and uh, she just kept praying and she could only get this one word, just go. And she's getting really frustrated because I don't know where to go. I really want to fulfill God's call. I just don't know where to go. And um, the pastor met with her and, and started having some talks about it. He goes, well, look, if you don't know where to go, by faith, just get a ticket like on a ship and just go around the world and wait for God to uh, tell you where to get off sort of thing, when to disembark. So basically, the short of the story was that's, that's what took place. She boarded a ship, and I think she only had about 20 pounds on her, on her never been overseas, gets on the ship, calls in a few ports, and finally arrives at Hong Kong. Hong Kong, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, okay, get off. Get off? I don't know anyone here, that kind of thing. And uh, she was led into a place called the Walled City. Now, the Walled City is a place where nobody wants to go because that's where all the crime is, uh, gangs, prostitution, drugs, everything. They didn't even have power in there. It, was, it wasn't even powered. Everyone just avoided going into that area. But the Holy Spirit led her into that area. I'm giving you the quick fast story here because I always be here all day if I go into it. But, <laughs> um, and from there, the... She had no idea what to do, but by faith and works, activating works, God started to do things. People started coming to meet him with her and she started to be able to talk to them to share the gospel message. She met up with triad gangs, druggies, all sorts. But then she was like frustrated because it was such a demand she could see and such a need to reach the people, but she felt she didn't have it within her to do all that kind of stuff. An evangelist that was passing through met up with her and said, look, have you ever been baptised in the Holy Spirit? She goes, I don't know what that really means. He said, well, I'm going to pray the baptism of fire upon you, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you watch the change. So she got prayed for. Next day, or sometime later, she's out in the streets of Hong Kong, and she's using now her prayer language, speaking in tongues. She's never experienced this before. She starts speaking in tongues. And suddenly she comes up against the person that was actually a, a druggie on the streets and she didn't know what to do so she just used a spiritual prayer language start praying in tongues over this person set free from drugs immediately she saw the power of God moving in the streets as she just started using this the power of God which was upon her this got to be well known around the world that BBC Two in England even did a documentary on on it because they could not believe what was happening hundreds of people coming out of drugs uh, out of the crime scene, all these things through her ministry because she activated her faith with works. She didn't just say, oh, yeah, you know, because, look, we, we could easily just sit in church and just pray, God, go save these people, you know, reach these people for the gospel, and we do nothing. If we do nothing, nothing happens. God requires you to do something. He speaks through us. He touches us. He empowers us to go out. And he did with Jackie Paulinger. And years later, she actually came to Adelaide with uh, about four ex-gang members, triads, uh, and uh, shared her story. Faith is brought to life by works. James asks a question in James 2.14, My brothers, what profit is it if a man says he has faith and does not have works? Can faith save him? Faith only becomes productive through works. As he says in uh, verse 15, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them those things which are needed to the body, what good is it? 
you know, and unfortunately we have that situation sometimes where people are in need and we say, oh, I feel sorry for you. I'll just pray for you. When we have the means of helping them, we have the means by works of helping them. If someone is hungry, we don't just say, oh, let me just pray for you. Father, I just pray that this person will not feel the hunger pains anymore. It'll all disappear and it'll be all good. Amen. There you go. Thank you, brother. See you later. Well, we could say, no, come with me. I'm just going to take you down. Oh, hey, there's a subway there. Let's just call in here and uh, let's just do that. You know, do whatever you can because you are Christ to these people. You've, you've got to be the hands of Christ to these people. You know, we've often done that, you know, uh, people just no food or whatever. You know, uh, and of course, you've got to be aware that there are some scammers out there too that use that. And I've, I've met those. I remember being in the um, underground train in uh, London and there's a woman with a baby you know, and uh, uh, I think she was Indian origin. She, she gives me a piece of paper and says, please, I can't feed my baby. Can you help? And I'm oh, yes, you know, your heart straight away, give money. But as she's walking away, I see this gold jewelry on her. And, uh, and, then she got, and I heard there's a lot of scammers doing that. And she had lots of coins, you know, two uh, one-pound coins or what it was. And I thought, oh, this is a scam. She's just walked down the whole um, aisle of this train and she's probably picked up a few hundred pounds just in a matter of minutes. You know, so yeah, Tao's nodding, he probably knows all that. You weren't one of them, were you? No, no, that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all good. He's a good man. Uh, so what the word is saying here, if we do not practice our, our faith in works, it's meaningless. You know, we've got to actually be the light to the world. How do we do that? We've got to go out there and shine. We've got to do something. We've got to move something. We've got to change something. We all have abilities, all different skill levels, all have an ability to do something. You know, I just, I just love the different uh, levels of thinking and interaction that people tell me about during their week. You know, they bumped into somebody, they said something, rather, I met somebody and invited them over a coffee. Or what, you know, the, every day God is setting you up for a visit with somebody, but you just haven't met, uh, realized it. You know, just do that little prayer. Just, hey, God, today... I pray you bring someone along my way that I can speak to, that I can help or whatever. And I'll tell you, he'll do it. He'll do it. I've seen it many times before. But we've got to be game enough to do that because otherwise our faith doesn't mean a whole lot if it's just all words and no action. Nothing changes. Nothing is built without action. We could just pray for, like we could have just prayed for a building and just sat there, God, we believe you're going to give us a building and we don't go out and investigate. We don't do anything. We don't, make, we don't look to see what's even available. It just doesn't happen like that. Faith in operation changes everything. I remember being in Singapore, this church, um, uh, Kwakwa, Pastor Kwakwa's church, and he says, you know, we really understood what faith was one day. He says, outside we have a tree and the tree uh, grew mangoes, but big tree, no mangoes. <laughs> year after year, no mangoes. He said, I got sick of having a big tree with no mangoes. <laughs> so we've got to change this. It's, so during the service, he pulled everyone out of the service. He goes, right, everyone outside. We're all going outside. We're going to lay hands on this tree and tell it, produce mangoes. <laughs> well, you know what? Next season, they had so many mangoes, they distributed them right through the neighbourhood. He said he could not believe it. You know, hundreds and hundreds of mangoes on this tree. It just blew him away. And I thought, this is what people got to understand. What faith is, is an action and works. He could just continue, like even up today, going, still no mangoes. <laughs> but he took action. His faith with works went out there and did something. And, you know, 
I shared this story the other week of the pastor I met the other week who prayed for their building to be paid off and it's now paid off. So here's our assignment, church. Let's pray the debt off of this building so it's finally ours. We owe $288,000 and then it's owned by us and, and it's valued now over $2 million, so it's uh, really good. So uh, that'd be great to pay that off so we could free up some more money to do some more work. So it's all good. So the test is, is today is about where do you stand in your faith and your works? You may have faith. So you may be able to quote the, the Bible inside out, and that's great. I love that. But unless we're living from that position, nothing changes. One of the greatest stories, and I've told this one before too, because I just love certain stories. I'll just go over them again, and people that know me say, oh, yeah, I've heard that one before. Um, was a guy called Charles Blondin. Does anyone know who know Charles Blondin was? Nah, nah, you'll know in a minute. <laughs> Blondin's greatest fame came in June of 1859 when he attempted to become the first person to cross a tightrope stretched over a quarter of a mile across the mighty Niagara Falls. He walked across 160 feet above the falls several times, each time with a different daring feat. Once in a sack, I don't know how you do that, in a sack on a tightrope, <laughs> um, on stilts, on a bicycle, in the dark, and once he even carried a stove and cooked an omelette. Now, if you see Niagara Falls, that's massive, right? So he's gone out there with a, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> and, and, and people just like, thousands of them were there watching this whole deal going on. They go, this guy's amazing. He's nuts, but he's amazing. And, um, and one time he went backwards the whole distance, like, you know, and when he got the other end, found a wheelbarrow. He thought, all right, let's bring that across. <laughs> so he gets across with the wheelbarrow. Everyone's cheering him, going, oh, he's amazing. He can do anything. This man. Oh, I believe this guy could do anything on that rope. It's just incredible. Then Blondin posed the question at the end when he got there with the wheelbarrow because they're all cheering him on. You can do anything. We believe in you. We believe you can do anything, Blondin. You're amazing. Anything you put your mind to on that type rope, you can do. I believe it. He goes, okay. I've got a wheelbarrow. Who's going to jump in? I want to take you for a ride. It went quiet. Not one person volunteered, it was said. Not one person. You see, faith without action means nothing. We've got to put our words into action. If we believe in the living Christ, then we need to have some evidence. If you were like arrested today for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you that you actually are a believer in Christ? James 2.21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Do you see how faith worked with his works? And from the works of faith was made complete. And the Scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how a man is justified by works, not by faith only. Your actions are a result of your belief system. What do you believe? Do you really believe? If you really believe in something, you'll do it. But if you doubt, you know, and sometimes we, we can have those moments, but if you doubt, you, don't, you can't expect to ha have anything happen, really. Words without actions change nothing. It's like having a car with no engine. What's the point? <laughs> That's just got people pushing it. But, um, your faith needs wheels today. Your faith needs to take you somewhere. It makes you think bigger than when you're currently traveling. Start expanding what God might do through you. 
because you have a faith in Him. It is impossible to please God, but by faith, as Hebrews 11 tells us. Why do you think that is? Because God is impressed with faith because then He knows He's got you, that you totally are locked into Him. I love people like Smith Wigglesworth, Catherine Coleman, all eccentric people because they didn't really care what people said. We've got to get into a position where we don't care what people think of us because it's about what we think of Him. When we think more of Him than what we think about ourselves, what will people think? Oh, you know, that's the block for so many things. People won't pray for people sometimes because what happens it doesn't, if they don't get healed, you know? It's not about you. It's not about you, church. It's not about you. It's about His purposes. I think it was John Wimber that said, I'm a fool for God. Who's fool are you? And I'll be a fool for God. You know, I've, I've had lots of people attack me over the years and say things and it, it doesn't bother me at all. Perhaps I'm eccentric, like I said, who knows? Catherine Coleman, strange lady. Have you ever seen Catherine Coleman? It's this old black and white movie, sir. You know, she'd have these flowery, no, what do you call it? Flowing dresses. Like, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit on me. <laughs> Look, God deals with eccentric people too. God can deal with anyone. But she carried the presence because she dared to believe. She dared to go out and put into action what she believes. One time cutting through a kitchen, the cooks were there cooking the meal and stuff, didn't even see her. And suddenly the power of God just hit them all on the floor as she left the room. Whoa. You know, and that's the presence of God. And that's the presence of God that should be on us as we travel. You don't travel alone. That's why you shouldn't be scared of situations. You go, no, God's in me. Greater is He that is in me than He is in the world. I'm out to make a difference. Every morning you're, you know, I like what J. John says, I'm in the shower, I'm putting on the armour of God, I'm ready to do business, you know. The devil is scared of Christians that make a difference. He's not scared of Christians that sit there and praise God all day long. I'm not saying that's wrong, of course, but he knows that if you're just sitting there not doing anything, you know, you know problems to me. It's the ones that actually stand up for their faith, the ones that are actually doing something, not just mouthing it, but they're actually doing something, is the one that he's scared about because they are the ones that are changing things. And God has called you and I this morning to be that person, to rise up in this time, in this hour, to be a voice to the nation, to be a voice in our suburb, to our work, school, wherever it is. He's counting on you to deliver the message. That requires work. It requires you stepping out of your comfort zone, getting your eyes off yourself and going, no, greater is He that is in me. That's one of the scriptures I just love using all the time. Whenever I go, oh, I don't know how this is gonna happen. Greater is He that is in me than is He that is in the world. I conquer all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things in Him. Let's just close our eyes this morning. <clears throat> you know, that journey of faith starts with a belief in the one that faith is all about, Jesus Christ, who 2,000 years ago died on the cross for you and I, that we may have life, life in abundance. God wants the best for you. We shouldn't be putting up with second best of anything because God wants the best for you. And that best is abundant life, abundant living. Don't allow the devil to lie to you. And this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never accepted Him as your Lord and Saviour, asked Him to forgive you of all your sins, now is the opportunity to do that. By the raising of your hand, you're acknowledging that you need Jesus. And by a simple prayer that we we're gonna give afterwards, 
you will be made whole. You'll be forgiven. You will enter the kingdom of God. You'll be set free. So Father, I pray today for everyone in this congregation who never received Jesus or perhaps once they did and they've fallen apart or fallen aside from their belief. I pray today that they will come back. They will come back and meet with you. Father, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus that you just touch the hearts and minds of your people here right now, that they respond to your call. If that's you in this place this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus or you once did and or perhaps you're not even sure anymore. Well, now's the time to be sure. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you are and I'll see that hand. I just want to pray with you. Pray for you. See that hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. There's a prayer called the sinner's prayer. It's a simple prayer asking Jesus into your life. And we're just all going to say that right now. For sake of the person, raise their hand. Repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin and that you rose again from the dead. I receive you now as my Lord and Saviour and invite you to come into my life. I thank you. 